Hey, dear saints, you're listening to Preaching Christ Crucified on Double-Edged Sword. Sermons from Pastor Kilgo, preached at Redeemer Lutheran Church in Lawrence, Kansas. We pray that as you hear God's word, you would be strengthened in faith and love and rejoice in the joy of the Lord's promises and kindness. In the name of Jesus, amen. Dear saints, right after John the Baptist has preached his great sermon, pointing at Jesus and proclaiming, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, and Andrew and Peter goes to Peter and tells him to come and see the Messiah, which had been revealed in that great preaching, this, these texts that we heard last Wednesday, we then get another instance of the same proclamation. This time, Jesus goes to Galilee and finds Philip, and he calls to him, follow me. And at this calling, Philip then goes and he finds someone else in the same way that Andrew had done with Peter. Philip goes and finds Nathaniel, and he says the same thing that Andrew had told Peter. He tells him, we found the one of whom Moses preached and whom the prophets also preached. Come and see. And although Nathaniel is skeptical. He gives the famous text, can anything good come out of Nazareth? He's skeptical, but he goes nonetheless, and he finds Jesus, and through Jesus is brought to faith, as we all are, by the word of Christ. Now, the great reality is, and the thing that maybe we'll forget, is that Jesus has not just told Andrew or Philip, or any of the other disciples or apostles in the Gospels to come and follow him, he's given this great bid, this great command to all Christians, to all of us. He gives this call to you and to me as well. Our Lord desires that all would come to a knowledge of the truth, that all would be his disciples and follow him. But with the exception of these few years of Jesus' earthly life, these basically these three years um, where he's preaching and teaching and going to his death at Calvary, and with a few other exceptions, for example, St. Paul and Moses would be good exceptions, the manner in which the Lord calls new disciples is not through his own voice, but through his voice in other people's mouths the mouth of other disciples. In fact, something that we don't think about quite enough is the reason all of us are sitting here this evening, the reason any of us are Christians is because someone along the way has come and said in essence to us, come and see. Now that may have been when we were little kids and we couldn't reject that. We couldn't say anything against that. Maybe we did when we grew up a little bit. Maybe it was as adults, but regardless, someone along the way said, come and see. Come and see Jesus. And this is why the work of confessing the faith to those that the Lord has put around us is so vitally important, because this is the particular work that the Lord has given us to do, to speak his voice to those who are around us. And so we need to make sure that we are confessing Jesus. We need to make sure that we're making the right confession, to be sure, but we also need to be confessing 
in general. One of the sad realities of the Lutheran Church is that we have all of this beauty. We have beautiful theology, we have beautiful hymns, we have beautiful services, we have all this beauty that is a great treasure to us, and yet very often we don't tell people to come and see that beauty, to come and see the beauty alongside us, to come and see Jesus, who is for them just as much as he is for us, to come and see that he is there to do for them what he's done for us, to forgive their sins just like he's forgiven ours, to give them eternity just like he's given us eternity. And that we're bid to make this confession, this proclamation, this tell them to come and see to anybody that's placed in our way, in our, in our paths, that the Lord has put around us, whether that be a, a, a parent or a friend or a coworker or another student or whatever it might be, just as someone else once did for us. And so just as Philip comes to Nathaniel, and, through, and though Nathaniel comes with skepticism at first, he comes nonetheless. So also let us invite others to come and see friends, neighbors, fellow students, workers, whatever they might be, and even if they're skeptical, to encourage them in the same way. Come and see. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away your sins. Behold the one who is your Savior. Come and see Jesus. Now, in this, we should remember that alongside of this, and we should not give the wrong impression, we need to remember this ourselves, that following Jesus, being his disciple, is not being on a path of gold adorned with roses. We are not promised that by following Jesus, we are going to live a life that is free of care or trial or persecution or sadness. And this is a great temptation that people think they're going to, by coming to Jesus, fix all the problems in their life. In fact, the, what the Lord promises us is the opposite, that uh, by following him, by being his disciple, we are in fact increasing the odds that we are going to endure trial in this life. And so in connection with this, the Lord specifically this evening gives us a couple of reminders to help us through this. First, he reminds us through Solomon Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord, and turn away from evil. We have this temptation, like we mentioned a minute ago, that if we follow the Lord, everything that is wrong in our lives is going to be fixed. That the temptations and trials and sufferings of this life will be ended. But that is relying on our own wisdom and our own understanding. That is not having the mind of God. Instead, the Lord's wisdom, which is revealed to us in the scriptures, is that our lives become easier, they do, following Christ, but not in the sense of the trials being removed. But a couple other things happen instead. First, we learn to look at our trials and our sufferings through Christ. We learn to look at our, our sins, the temptations of the devil. We learn to look at all of these things in view, not of this earthly life, but in view of eternity. The Lord doesn't promise to remove our sufferings, but instead to teach us how to endure suffering by faith and to be upheld by his hand through the midst of it. And so our lives become easier in the sense that we know that this isn't all there is. This isn't the only life we get. 
Instead, there's an eternity of joy that awaits us. And so we are strengthened to deal with our suffering in a godly way, knowing that this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory that's beyond all comparison. And second, we have this treasure in jars of clay, says St. Paul, always carrying the body, the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. That is to say, our sufferings in this life are not just incidental, they're not just random, but they are part of our being conformed to the image of our Lord. So just as our Lord himself suffers and dies, we should expect nothing different. And should we be blessed with any time apart from suffering, we should rejoice that the Lord has shown us some kindness. But also, in the same way, just as our Lord rises from the dead into eternal life, so too we can look with confidence to the day when we also will have the eternal life of the Lord manifest in our own bodies. And because of that reality, that eternal reality that is promised to us, while we may endure affliction in every way, though we are perplexed, though we are persecuted, though we are struck down, we are nevertheless not crushed, not despairing, not forsaken, and not destroyed. Because we belong to the Lord. And no amount of trials in this life can tear us out of his blessed nail-marked hands. And that, then, is our great confidence and our comfort and our encouragement and our strengthening in the midst of this life, that Jesus, who has bid us to follow him, who has destroyed death and hell and devil with his own death, who has clothed us with himself in baptism, who has removed our sin with his absolution, and who has fed us with his body and his blood in the blessed sacrament, that he, that same Jesus, promises to keep us till the day when we too will see heaven opened and the Son of Man returning in glory to bring us into the everlasting life of the resurrection of all flesh. And so we not only believe all this and rejoice in all this, but this is also then what we confess to those that the Lord puts around us, that they would also come and see and have the same gifts and promises and eternal comforts that we ourselves rejoice in. In the name of Jesus, amen. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Thanks for listening to Preaching Christ Crucified on Double-Edged Sword, sermons by Pastor Kilgo at Redeemer Lutheran Church in Lawrence, Kansas. We'd like to invite you to join us for church, Sundays at 10 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. We also have Bible study at 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings and at other times throughout the week. Please visit our website at redeemer-lawrence.org for more information. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time.